I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise and all I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. E-B-E-O-R-I-E-T-E-M-E-T-H-H-P-I-T-I I like killing people. Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. Some weeks we break down one larger mystery between the two of us. Other weeks we pick two smaller mysteries on a theme and teach each other about them based on our own independent research. If you want to support the show, go on Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, check us out on Patreon and become a patron. And find us on social media at Unknowable Podcast. Heck yeah. Yeah. So today... We're talking about... The Zodiac Killer. The Zodiac. Yeah. That was that super creepy intro that we just read. Yeah. That was his his first cipher. The one and only cipher of his that's been decoded. Yeah. Which is wild to think. And it's creepy as hell. Creepy as hell. <laughs> I and always forget the human slave part. Yeah. God, that's like the just weirdest like, thing is like... Why? It just seems like he's just like wants like the attention, but mm. then you read that and you're like, oh, there's some... Yeah. There's something not right going on there. No. There's something not right at all. And like what really gets me too is like it's super creepy and dark, but also like all the misspellings. Like he spells the word animal, A-N-A-M-A-L. Mm-hmm. Um, he just full on like there's – I had to like edit that with a pen just to be able to read it. Because yeah. it's so like you just like type something real quick, no punctuation, and then just like sent it off. Yeah. But he had to like type that out. And then translate it into a cryptogram, right? Using a cipher, and then send it out. So like he had a, he spent a lot of time with these a words. A lot of time, which I guess makes sense. I mean, the cryptograms don't have punctuation, right? Which is part of what makes them so difficult, right? That's true. So I'm like impressed that somebody even got that, right? Really, I mean, and cryptograms are fun though, right? Once you, I've never, I don't think I, I just don't have like a brain for that. Yeah, I think it's like a little mathematical, and I just don't. It's like they're fun because if you do the ones just like in those stupid puzzle books. Yeah. It's oh, like right. you have certain words that if you see like a three-letter word that seems like it reappears, like you're like, that's probably the. Mm-hmm. And then you can try to like guess that. Sometimes it's just a matter of guessing, like put the in and then use that code and see if that works for everything else. But there are definitely a couple, like he spells paradise with a C and that's not the only letter of his where he does that. So right. he definitely. He spells collecting, but like collect I-O-G. Yeah. Which... Yeah. There's. We're, we know that he typed these on a typewriter, so Manual I'm like, typewriter. there are a, such a thing as typos. Right. So that is a thing. But I feel like the whole cryptogram effort would, like, <laughs> catch a lot of those spelling mistakes. You would think. It's strange. Yeah, you would just think that he'd come up with the message and then proofread it. Right. And again, some of those are up. Animal and Paradise, obviously those are legit. Right. He thinks they're spelled that way, but the other things were like, dude. Come on. Come on, man. Spell that probably made it so much harder. Right. I hate when you do a cryptogram and you have a word that's spelled wrong and you're just like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> Was this a mistake? This like, did I do something really wrong? So, yeah. So the Zodiac Killer, for those who don't know. Yes. Unidentified serial killer who was in, like, Northern California from the late 60s into the early 70s. Yes. 
The Zodiac Killer obviously is just a pseudonym. We don't know what his real name is because right. he na- he's never he been He named caught. himself. Yes, he named himself. Some serial killers get named like by the, the newspaper, like the police, but he chose the name The Zodiac. The Zodiac. He yep. opens a couple of his letters with like, this is The Zodiac speaking. Yep. Which is um, creepy. Super creepy. And yeah, signs some of his letters with just a Z. Z or the the T with a circle. Yeah. Like a crosshair. Exactly. Yeah, like a crosshair. So, yep, there's been a lot of suspects, yep. um, both by law enforcement and amateur investigators, because there's been a lot right. of amateur investigators. Uh, ourselves included. Ourselves included. Um, the case currently at the San Francisco Police Department is inactive, but right. I think it said that it was reopened at some point prior to, like, March 2007. Interesting. I don't know if it's still open. I know there are a few other smaller police departments that do currently still have it open. Right. Um I think, too, they're trying, they're using, now that they caught the Golden State Killer, hmm. um, using DNA from, like, Ancestry.com or something like that. Yeah. I think they're trying to do that same thing with the Zodiac because a few of his letters, they can pick up DNA from behind the stamp. Yeah. And that makes it more likely to be, like, an isolated sample of his DNA. Exactly. So they could get, like, a partial match Which and then crazy. narrow it down. So, like, in our lifetime, we could see the zodiac killer like yeah confirmed they just started doing that last may right. where they were gonna like start to try to look into the dna part because mm-hmm. obviously things are much different than they were in the late 60s right as far as that stuff goes so it's very possible yeah which would be crazy obviously at this point based on his estimated age he's probably at least in his mid 80s yep. if not older but he could still be alive oh yeah so we have no idea but yeah there was something like 2,500 suspects over a period of years that were investigated. Nobody was ever conclusive. Kind of like D.B. Cooper. Exactly. And, um, yeah, so no update on the stamp DNA so far. Interesting. Which, from what I've read, it seems like the only update that there would be would be an arrest. Right. Like, they're not going to announce, like, oh, we've got some suspects. Yeah, like, they're just going to not say anything until it's, like, boom. Right. So, but that'll be... That would be a sweet headline to see. Wow, we'll have Zodiac to Killer. Follow-up episode. Yeah. Be awesome. Um, so yeah, we'll get into later the potential, the big suspects. Yeah. Which really aren't that many. No. Surprisingly. Um, so I was just saying to you before that I honestly think that um he's a little bit more prolific in kind of legend and myth than he actually was as a killer. Yeah. I really I knew a bit about the Zodiac Killer before this. Yeah, but, so what did you what did you know before before you started doing this research? Well, I knew I knew about the letters and the ciphers. Yeah. I knew about him naming himself. Right. I knew that he hadn't killed that many people. I knew that he wasn't like, you know, had victims like in the twenties or thirties. Like I knew he was right. pretty I mean, not that not that you want to have a lot of murder victims, right. but as far as serial killers go, he's right. kinda low on the list, exactly. like numbers wise. He was he was all about uh, quality, not quantity. Yeah, I I knew, speci- like, the one murder of his, again, that we'll go into more detail, but the one that I always have in my head is the Lake Berryessa one. Yes. Where he's wearing the creepy hood. Oh, yeah. So I feel like I can, like, that was, like, the one that pops into my head when I think about him, like, with the, his symbol on it and everything. Like, yep. dude. Relax. He got one branded outfit and then just ditched it for the rest. Like, all right. Branded. But um, that was most of what I knew. I obviously knew he hadn't been caught. Yeah. And... I thought the last time we were in San Francisco, because we, like, kind of hung around, like, the Presidio area for a day or two, just and explored. And I, right. every time I go there, I always remember that he shot that one yeah. cab driver there. So, right. um, 
I didn't remember it like in the moment. I didn't really want to go like to that street necessarily. Right. But I like had that in the back of my head, like, oh yeah, there was one of the Zodiac killings happened around right. here. But that was that was most of what I knew. Yeah. I knew about the same. Like I knew he was a serial killer. I knew about the Lake Berryessa, like him wearing the hood. Yeah. And I, I've seen the movie, I think it's called The Zodiac or Zodiac. Mm, with by, Jake Gyllenhaal. With Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by David Fincher. Yeah. I remember enjoying the movie, but I don't remember anything about it. Right. So I, I didn't know any of like the details of this case. I would really like to rewatch it now. Right. Now that you've kind of have an overview of it. Yeah. Me too. So I would like to read more about some of the investigators on it because I know... I think the movie, like, I think Jake Gyllenhaal's character in the movie is one of the investigators or one of the journalists, maybe. Right. So I'd like to read more about them and then watch it again to see how it stacks up. Right. Probably disappointed. Probably. But David Fincher does, does David a good Fincher. job. Yeah. And I'm I'm okay with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. We just watched um, Velvet Buzzsaw the other day. Oh, yeah. That was, that was all right. It was all right? He's, like, kind of half naked a lot. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of that. Well. I'm not really attracted to him, honestly. <laughs> he's weird. Like, I just think of him as Donnie Darko. Yeah, well, yeah. And my husband was like, oh, he's like kind of old now. And I was like, A, he's not really that old. And B, he was right. like never hot. I mean, he's weird young and Donnie weird. Darko. Yeah. I wasn't like, ooh. No, he's like this weird scrawny little kid, little dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. So, yeah. I'll have to rewatch so, the Zodiac. All Zodiac. Right, yeah, let's, let's get into some of these murders because there's a lot. There's, there's a lot. lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Okay. So I've got a whole timeline here. Some of these murders are not confirmed Zodiac murders. Right. There's, so there's a, there's a lot of that throughout the yes. story. Is like people who we think are the Zodiac and who like, or like some letters that may have come from the Zodiac, but there's a lot of like ifs. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that seems like it could have been, but he's honestly a hard serial killer to pin things on because as we talked about, like he doesn't have a super clear and consistent MO with his killings. Right. So it's not All like every that. killing is basically the same formula they really jump around kind of a lot right like all five of his confirmed murders are different right not hugely different i mean the lake barriasa one's pretty different but it's wild that, that one's kind of an oddball but all of them are different in some important way mm-hmm. that usually serial killers don't stray that much right so um so the first one that's potentially pegged to the zodiac which is not mm-hmm. this is not a confirmed kill uh robert domingos 18, and Linda Edwards, 17. This is June 4th, 1963. Mm-hmm. They were on a beach near Gaviota, California. Sure. Got a whole map here. This will come in handy later. Yep. Um, so let's see. That Gaviota is like way, way south. That's like down near Santa Barbara. Okay. If you're familiar with California, that's like southern, southern tip. Well, not quite as far as Los Angeles, but it's down there. So this was... They, these poor kids skipped school for senior ditch day. Damn. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which sucks. Right. Um, police believe that the assailant tried to tie them up, but they freed themselves and tried to run, and so he shot them a bunch. Jesus. Like, something like, oh, I can't remember exact numbers, but they had each had quite a few. That's like a theme with his murder, too, is like people not <laughs> being tied up correctly, yep. people yep. Escaping, escaping, partially escaping. Yeah, trying to dying. run away. He's kind of a shitty serial killer. He's a shitty serial killer. Yeah. I really like just... He's bad at his job. I didn't know. Yeah, he's yeah. bad at his one job. Yeah. yeah, he shot them a bunch, and then he... Also, he put them in a shack mm-hmm. and tried to burn it down, but failed at that, too. Right. Oh, yeah, he Didn't failed even to burn, burn it down. the shack down. Yep. So, again, this is not confirmed. They thought that this might have been... This was a very similar killing to the Lake Berryessa one, right. in the sense that he tried to tie them up, 
and ended up shooting them. Although, again, as you'll see, this still differs from the Lake Berryessa one. Very much so. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So okay. that was potentially his first. 1963, boom. Then there's nothing else for five years. Yeah. So Zodiac, as you'll come to find out later, has taken credit for a lot more murders than have even potentially been pinned on him. Right. So it's possible that he killed other people in those five years. Mm-hmm. We, we don't just know. don't know about it. Like, I get the impression that a lot of these murders, we wouldn't even know it was him if he hadn't taken credit for it. Right. So, yeah. it's possible there's a lot that just flew under the radar. And, right. And he's so, like, out there with every single M.O. that, like, you wouldn't be able to string them together. No. So, do you want to talk about the Lake Harmon one? That Betty Lou Jensen? Yep. David Faraday? David Faraday. So, they were on a first date. Yep. Sad. Um, sitting in their car in Lover's Lane. Um, the Zodiac. So a lot of this is pieced together from the like tire treads Mm. and like the physical evidence left at the scene. Um, so it looks like a car pulled up beside them and then pulled behind them. Mm. Zodiac came out, ordered them out of the car. Um, the woman, Betty Lou was getting out of the car and she was already out of the car and then David Faraday was getting out of the car. Mm. And as David Faraday was getting out, um, Zodiac shot him in the head as he was getting out of the car. And then Betty Lou tried to run and he shot her like 10 times in the back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like it's just super random. Um, it seemed almost like he was just cruising around. Like there wasn't a ton of, Premeditation. It's not like he chose these people on purpose. He they just happened to be like in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. Which sucks. And he, they both died, right? Yes. Yes. They okay. both died. They both died. So yeah, shitty first date. Right. Real shitty first date. Really shitty. It makes me think too, how like because they were kind of just parked on like a gravel, you know, like shoulder. Yeah, a little shoulder, which I, I mean. That's another one I think that sticks into my head a little bit because I think it maybe is subconsciously part of why, like, if I'm ever in an area like that and, like, a car pulls nearby, I mm-hmm. get freaked out because I'm just like, shit. Here comes the serial killer. Here comes the Zodiac. I, th- I thought it was strange, too, that he, like, ordered them out of the car and then shot David Faraday, like, as he's getting out of the car. Yeah. It's almost like he regretted his decision because, like, oh, shit, they're going to be, like, equal footing with me if they get out of the car. So right. he, like, eliminated the, the, quote, greatest threat, which would be the male. Because mm-hmm. it's the 1960s and yeah. chauvinism is alive. It is alive. Um, Still alive. So he like shoots him in the head like before he can even like get on his feet because maybe that means the Zodiac is like not very physically imposing or he mm-hmm. has a, a sort of like a timidness in him. Right. Which a lot of these murders will kind of prove out that he's not very good. He's not very sure of himself. No. Um, and it almost seems like he just bumbles his way through all of these and somehow doesn't get caught. It really does. Like, he doesn't, he, that, that first murder doesn't feel like he had that under control. No. Like, he orders him out of the car and then panics and shoots him and then she starts running away and he has to shoot her ten times in the back. Like, yeah. That's not a man who, like, had a plan and executed it well. Why not just walk up to the car and just shoot? Right. You know? He easily could have done that. Yeah. But, yeah, it seemed like he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do. Yeah. So, yeah, that was his first confirmed murder. Um, so yeah, this was within the city limits of Benicia, Benicia, California. Sure. Sure. Which is about 40 minutes from San Francisco. Um, yeah, this was December 20th, 1968. So that was, yeah, 40 minutes like northeast of San Francisco. Okay. So you get an idea. Right. Where we're at. Um, so the next murder 
This was July 4th, 1969, so a good seven months later, almost. Um, This is very close to where he was, like, literally probably just minutes away from that previous kill. Uh, Michael Renault Magot and Darlene Elizabeth Farron, 19 and 22, they were, just before midnight, drove into the Blue Rock Springs Park, which, yeah, four miles from the Lake Herman Road murder site. Um, honestly would make me a little nervous, I think, being alive in that time. I mean, maybe, I don't know how publicized that first murder was. Right. So maybe it's it's seven months later. Right. Yeah, it was a while later. So I feel like it's still, I mean, for me personally, it would have been in my head. Well, right. To not just hang out in like a parking lot in the middle of the night. Right. But yeah, they parked in this parking lot. They were sitting in the car. They said um, a second car drove into the lot, parked next to them, but then almost immediately drove away. And then about 10 minutes later, the car came back and parked behind them once again. And the driver of that car exited the vehicle, approached the passenger side of Farron's car, carrying a flashlight and a 9mm Luger. So, directed the flashlight into their eyes before shooting at them. So, he did just shoot into the car that time. Right. Um, They were both hit. I guess several of the bullets even passed through Michael and into Darlene Farron. Jesus. Um. And so the Zodiac started to walk away, but he heard Michael Magot moaning. And yeah. so came back and shot each of them twice more, and then he left. Um, so probably about a half an hour later, the Vallejo Police Department got a phone call from a man claiming responsibility for the attack. Right. Um, and also said, I killed those other kids last year or whatever. Interesting. So he took responsibility for both. Uh, they traced the phone call to a phone booth at a gas station only about three-tenths of a mile from Darlene Ferrant's home and only a few blocks from the police department. Interesting. So he, like, yeah. which, interestingly, I think I read that it was, like, three blocks from the police department, but it was, like, 30 miles from where he had killed them. Right. So he killed them and then just got in the car, mm-hmm. drove basically to the police department, and then mm-hmm. called them. And when they found the the phone booth... The phone was off the hook. Yeah. It was minutes later. It was minutes after the phone call that they arrived because yeah. it was so close. Yep. Phone was off the hook and they lifted a wet palm print. Mm-hmm. Which is like wild to think that he would, they were so close. They were so minutes close. away from the Zodiac. Not the first time that they will be super close to catching him. Right. But yeah, and they couldn't and identify anybody. Almost seems like it's on purpose too. Like he drove very close to the sheriff's office. Yeah. Oh, far away from where he killed those people. Yeah, you can't tell me there wasn't a phone booth closer oh, to absolutely. where he killed them. He could have just called them. And I wonder if that was right him there. trying to, like, distance himself from the murder or if that was him trying to, like, kind of get his own adrenaline rush of, like, okay, I'm going to, like, get as close as I can to the yeah. sheriff and, like, call and then, like, run away. Taunting the police. Yeah. Yeah, he does wow. a lot of that. Um, so in this particular shooting, the reason we know that he, you know, drove in and left and came back is because Michael Magot survived. Right. Um. Darlene Farron did not. Um, but, yeah, which, like, kind of amazed me, too, just because, like I said, some of the bullets went through Michael and, like, hit Farron, but he survived. It's wild. Um, yeah, she died at the hospital, but he lived and was able to identify, well, not identify, but describe the attacker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was confirmed kill number two. It's interesting. Again... He didn't do a great job. Nope. He, it almost seems like he shined the flashlight in their car to blind them as a further way of, like, like having the upper hand. Mm. So, like, blind them and then start shooting so that they can't fight back or they can't, like, try to grab his gun or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and then having to come back and like shoot them again and like even then not even killing both of them yeah still didn't kill him dude's an amateur yeah he's an amateur and he's just like a it's almost like a thrill thing like he and then he like has to go and like i guess it makes sense you know like if he had that first murder and the second murder like it doesn't quite do it for him so he has to like get an additional thrill of like contacting the police yeah and so he like you know it's almost like a drug addict like he gets a to- he builds up a tolerance and he has to like go farther in order to get the same like rush oh yeah which we'll see later. Like, at some point, it almost, reading about it, like, was a little sad. Right. At how, like, far he was going to be like, come on, like, give me attention, give me attention. Right. But, yeah, so apparently calling the police was not enough because then yeah. uh, just a couple weeks later, a few weeks later, August 1st, 1969, is when the, he sent his first letters. Yes. Um. So the Vallejo Times Herald, the San Francisco Chronicle, which will be a favorite of his. Yes. And the San Francisco Examiner got basically identical letters. Um, described by a psychiatrist who had been written by, quote, someone you would expect to be brooding and isolated. Yep. Which is, Classic. like, all right. Um, took credit for both of those first killings. Yeah. Had uh, one th- each letter had one third of a 408 symbol cryptogram. Supposedly containing his name. Yes, supposedly containing his identity. Um, and he demanded that they would be printed on each paper's front page or he would, quote, cruise around all weekend killing lone people in the night then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. Hmm. Which was an empty threat. Yeah. Because the Chronicle published its third on page four of next day's edition. They didn't give a fuck. No. (laughs) They were just like, nope. Which is amazing because now he's taking credit for two murders of three people. Yeah. And they were just like, nah. Hmm. Um, Even they printed an article alongside it quoting the police chief in Vallejo as saying, we're not satisfied that the letter was written by the murderer. So they, like, posted it and were like, we don't even think this is him. Right. And um, I guess the police chief requested that the writer send a second letter with more facts to prove his identity. And none of the murders that were threatened happened over the weekend. Right. So, again, amateur. Not that right. I want a dozen people to have been no, killed. absolutely not. But, like... You've got to follow up with at least you something. you got to follow up with something, yeah. Like, even if he had killed one more person right. and called in, like, he could be like, look, you didn't, you didn't do it. But they didn't do it and he was just like, okay... Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, damn it. I really thought that would work. <laughs> Which, so. like, yeah, like, I'm sure that was, like, a tactic by the police. Like, oh, maybe we'll just, like, we'll kind of, like, question the authenticity of it. Yeah. And then run it on page four. Yeah. Just as, like, a kick in the pants and, like, like to get him mad and, like, make a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so either he's really smart by not doing it or he's really, like, timid. Right. You know, because he knew, like, oh, I'm just so fucking pissed right now. I shouldn't, like, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't go kill anybody for a while. So I'm, like, I would I think that would have been an ego blow. Right. Because he, like, wanted that. I mean, clearly people who do things like this want right. that attention. They want that, like, fame. Oh, yeah. And, like, they were just immediately, like, no. Fuck that. I'm sure and he, like, stood in the mirror and was like, who am I? <laughs> who am I? Am I am the I Zodiac? <laughs> yeah, am I? I'm not sure anymore. It's uh, so really sad. So they did eventually. All three parts were published, but not immediately. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, not even a week later... They get the San Francisco Examiner mm-hmm. gets another letter yep. with the salutation, dear editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. This is the Zodiac speaking. That's so this was the first mention of him being the Zodiac. Right? This is him claiming his name. Yeah, claiming his name. So he named himself the Zodiac. In the the Zodiac, which is kind of a cool name. It is a cool name, and it's an interesting. It's an interesting like salute. Like this is the Zodiac speaking. Yeah. Like it's that's a really like intense phrase. I don't know. Like yeah. just it has. The appropriate gravitas of like I'm talking to the Zodiac. Exactly. If he cre- he creates a character that's way cooler than the reality. 
him as a serial killer, as exactly. we've like talked about, he wasn't a great serial killer. No. But he was great at branding. Yes. That's what he branded he, himself very well. He eventually well. has a symbol. Right. He's got a name. He's, I mean, if you look at pictures of his letters. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very, they're very, they're like, almost like artistic. Like, yeah. I, they're I, intense. You can go to a museum and see those like ciphers on the wall and be like, yeah. that's interesting. They, they look like serial killer letters. It's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty classic. Um, this, of course, was a response to the chief's request for more details. Um, so he did include details that had not been released, as well as a message to the police that when they cracked his code, quote, they will have me. Right. So. Supposedly he sure. put his, his name in there somewhere. Supposedly. Which, who knows, you know? Because he did, he did say specifically, um, I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for the afterlife. Right. So he did say specifically that he's not going to give his name. Yeah. So that that first quote that we that Gray read, yeah. that was this cipher from this first letter, um, which was cracked the day after the second letter was received. Uh, Donald and Betty Harden of Salinas, California, I believe they were both high school teachers. They were the ones who cracked the cryptogram. <clears throat> um, so yeah, said he was collecting slaves for the afterlife, which who doesn't? We've, we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, and yeah, he doesn't actually include a name, which we don't, I guess, really know because there's that whole string of letters at the end right. that who, nobody knows what that even is yet. I know, and I'm sure people have like tried to sort those letters and figure out if it like corresponds to something, but right, it's clearly not using the same code because I'm sure they probably tried to apply that same right. code to that, and it didn't. It just was gibberish. So maybe it's got its own thing, but nobody all these years later. realized that that string of letters has the word meth in it. Does it really? M-E-T-H. Hmm. Somewhere around the middle. Interesting. Zodiac smoked meth. Smoked meth. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so, okay. So that's uh, where are we at in this timeline. That was August 1969. Yep. So, just over a month later. Yep. Lake Berryessa. Yes. Okay, so this is arguably, this is when the Zodiac, like, kind of comes into his own, and, like, this is where a lot of the mythology starts, I think. Yes. So, let's see. September 1969. So, as far as location, so this is, like, just directly north of these previous two killings. Right. Um, About 45 miles north. So, he's just moving up. Um, Yeah. They're having a picnic. Having a great time. Yep. A white man, about 5'11", 170 pounds. This part I'm confused about. They said he had combed greasy brown hair. Right. But they also said that he was wearing a hood. Right. Does he take the hood off at some point? Interesting. I'm not sure. I don't know how they know what his hair looks like to the extent they know it's greasy. Hmm. But, um, yeah, he's wearing a black executioner-style hood. Right. With clip-on sunglasses over the eye holes. Which is fucking stupid. Like a like, nerd. You were almost there, man. You were almost the there. The black executioner's hood is dope. Like that, dope. That's, a, that's a wild image. Yeah. And like with like the, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like a bib. Yeah, they, they describe it as a bib. A bib. Which so, had his symbol on it. Yeah, so the, the crosshair. Yep. Just, white, white circle with a white cross in the middle. Yep. And the executioner hood and like... That but must have that would have been terrifying. I'm not saying that that was dope. Isn't like I enjoy no. him. I'm saying like <laughs> from a branding perspective, exactly. that would instill terror. Yeah. I would be terrified if, to see that person. If I was anywhere and I saw that dude coming at right. me, like with a, I could with be a 45 too. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Approach him with a gun. He claimed to be an escaped convict from a jail. I think they couldn't recall the name. He said it was like a two word name. Yeah. No. He said he had a two word name. And oh. he was either from a jail from Colorado or Montana. Okay. 
And like what I, hmm. I what I'm also not clear about is like when did this conversation happen? I know. So this person comes up to you wearing like an executioner hood and a bib, <laughs> holding a 45, clip on sunglasses, and then and then proceeds <laughs> to tell you like. All right, so by the way, so I'm an escaped convict <laughs> yeah. from Mexico. Yeah. I'm, my name has, it's like two parts, but like I'm not going to tell you the parts. I'm not going to tell you the parts. I'm either from like Montana or Colorado. I don't remember. Yeah, he doesn't remember. He killed a guard and then had stolen a car and now he needs a new car and some money. Right. To go to Mexico. And so they're thinking, oh, we're just going to get robbed. Right. Which like... Good on them for thinking the dude in the hood was just going to rob them. Right. I mean, why go through all that effort just to rob somebody? Right. Um, and how did he, if he's an escaped convict, where did he get all that stuff? I know, I know. You like, stop at like, where, did you, like, where do you get you that? You didn't have that in prison. Yeah, you didn't stop at like the gas station. And there's just like, <laughs> Do you have oh, any executioner hoods here? Yeah. There's like bottled water and spam and then like executioner hoods. And he's like, sweet. Oh, this bib is cool. This is just like, it's like crosshair on it. Yeah. I'm adopting this as my symbol. I don't at that I, this point, whole, this is so bizarre. It's so, like, and I don't even think, so at that point, he, I don't think he had even included that symbol in any letters yet. No. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know if it was in his first one. I don't think it was. No. I so. This is where he claims it. This is where he claims it. This is, like, his symbol. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, not really a robbery. I mean, I guess you could still think if you were getting tied up that maybe you're being robbed. Yeah. He's tying you up so you don't, like, try to he stop had, him. He had pre-cut lengths of cord, right? Yeah. Plastic clothesline. Oh, yeah. Um, told... Cecilia and Shepard to tie up Brian Calvin Hartnell. I believe the two of them were just friends, okay. not a couple. To have a pic- picnic? Actually, no, they might have been a couple. I think the the other, the two that were shot in the parking lot were a cu- uh, friends. Oh, interesting. But these two, I think, were a couple. Um, so, yeah, he had the girl tie up the guy, and then he tied her up. He checked the dude's little ties and found that they were loose which I'm sure the girl did on purpose, right. see if he could escape. But Zodiac was like having none of that, mm-hmm. tightened him up. and um, But then out comes the knife and they get stabbed. Bunch of times. Yeah, like six and ten wounds. Jesus. Um, then he hiked 500 yards back up to Knoxville Road. He drew his symbol on their car. Yeah. And then with a black felt tip pen, he wrote Vallejo 12-20-68, 7469, September 2769, 630 by knife. So again, taking credit for those past two murders yep. and this one, and wanted to tell them that he killed them by knife as if they couldn't see that. Right. I like guess. that's a super weird detail. Like, like I just don't understand this guy. Why did he have to why did he hike how far did he hike? Five hundred yards. Okay. So it's not too bad. Not but too so, bad. So like he had to like go to their car specifically, risk leaving a bunch of trace evidence. Yeah. Um is he, is he still wearing the hood at this point? Is he still wearing the bib? I don't know. You're just driving by and you see, like, a car on the side of the road and some guy wearing an executioner hood and a bib, like, riding on the hood of a car. Right. Like, he, that's, like, a lot of risk. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, I just, this whole, this whole thing is baffling. It's really baffling. And he didn't even kill both of them. Yeah. They weren't even both dead at this No, point. they weren't both dead. Yet again, he tries to kill two people. Right. Stabbing them. It still doesn't succeed. Right. Which is like a very intimate way of killing them. Yeah. Because there was a, a guy and his son fishing nearby and heard their screams for help. And then he got the park rangers. Um, I guess, yeah, the girl was conscious when they arrived and she gave them like a detailed description. Yeah. They were both taken to the hospital. She lapsed into a coma and never regained consciousness and died a couple days later. But he survived and was able to talk to the press. Yeah. Um, so, again, we have a second victim that's able to describe him. Right. 
which is great. Although we also have really a third mo, like so he yeah exactly ordered them out of the car first and then shot them in yep. the first murder, and then he just goes up beside them and like blinds them with a flashlight and then shoots into the car into the car and then which is smarter. Very it's like he was improving and then he went real weird. Right. And then all of a sudden, zero to a hundred shows up wearing an executioner <laughs> yeah. hood bib and uses a knife. Yeah. And like, why did he have them tie each other up? Was it be again, maybe he had them like if he was planning on murdering them with a knife, mm. he realized that he's not great at murdering people, so yeah. he needed them tied up so that they couldn't fight back. Exactly. So all everything he's doing is to like sort of hedge his bets to mm. make sure that like so he's like kind of smart in some ways but then just like fucks up the execution mm-hmm. ha execution ha ew yeah. yeah he did fuck up the execution though yes he did he did in many ways interesting yeah so that was was that number four that was number four yeah so now number five and so now we have a fully fledged We he has a name he has yep. a symbol symbol he has an established contact with the like the police and the yep. reporters. He also called the police after this murder. Yeah. Confessed. Um, yeah, essentially just called, said he wanted to report a murder, no, a double murder. Yeah. And saying that he was the one. Um, so, yeah. Once again, calls into the police just to be like, yo. Right. That was me. Um, so then October 11th, 1969. He's in the Presidio Heights neighborhood of San Francisco. Yep. Which, if you've ever been, it's very nice. Is it? It's fancy as hell. Okay. That's, like, the neighborhood I told you about when we were there that, like, you look up on, like, Zillow, like, the houses oh, in yeah. that neighborhood, and it's, like, millions and millions of dollars. Uh, like, okay. insane houses. Right. It's so beautiful. But, um, yeah, fancy neighborhood. This is 75 miles southwest of Lake Berryessa. So, now we're going south down the coast. Um... So this was also off his M.O. because all the previous people he killed were at the oldest, like in their very early 20s. Yeah. Pretty much all couples or could be perceived as couples. Right. A man and a woman together. Yeah. Um, but this was a 29-year-old cab driver. Right. Um, Poor guy. Just working. I know. Just working. Zodiac gets killed. Or, well, picked up. Does not get killed. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. He gets in the cab driven by Paul Lee Stein. He's about a block west from Union Square. He wants to be taken to Presidio Heights. So, for some reason, they don't know, but Stein drove a block past the street that he requested hmm. to Cherry Street. Um, and then the passenger shot Stein once in the head with a 9mm, took his wallet and keys, also odd. Robbery, yeah. Um, and then tore away a section of his blood-stained shirt tail. Which is weird. Super weird. Literally, and that's going to come up later why he did that, but, like, mm. it's showing forethought that, like, he had trouble proving his authenticity as the murderer in those yeah. first letters that he wrote. Now so this like, is him taking a trophy, which he will then use to authenticate that he is indeed the murderer. Yeah. It almost seems like maybe, like, what if this wasn't necessarily planned? Like, he was just going to go to Presidio Heights and just do something else, but then, right. like, this cab driver drove by where he was and he was just, like... Fuck you. Fucking, I have to walk an extra block because of <laughs> yeah. you? Or like... This is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it was just like like a, a snap decision. Because he seems yeah. like he's fairly impulsive. Yeah. So, like, it would make sense that this wasn't necessarily planned. Which is why it doesn't fit his, like, victim type. It doesn't fit right. his MO. It's, not at all. It's, none of it is consistent. The robbery is yeah. random. He did not rob any of his other victims. Right. And... 
Oh, yeah, it even said, I think it said he took the wallet and keys, and I think he even took, like, some cash that was in the cab from, like, previous fares. Weird. Which just seems so random. But also, in a way, I mean, aside, the Lake Berryessa killing was the first one that happened during the daytime. Right. So that one was getting a little more ballsy, but this is definitely his ballsiest oh, yeah. kill, as far as, yeah. like, he was... Relatively dense neighborhood. Yeah, in a dense neighborhood, a wealthy neighborhood, where you have to assume that there probably was not a higher police presence, but, like, a faster police response. Yeah. And he killed the dude sitting right next to him. Right. Like, he wasn't outside of the car. He wasn't blinding him. He, I mean, must have felt confident enough in killing this guy that he did it because, you know, he had other victims that didn't die. Right. And so he had to hope that this guy died because he got a close-up look at him. Right. Um, he he wiped down the car. Yeah. So that there wouldn't be any of his prints anywhere. Yep. Um, he was seen by multiple people. Yeah, he was seen by three teenagers called the police while the crime was in progress. So I'm assuming if he shot the guy, they must have heard the shot being fired. Right. And maybe even saw him cleaning up. Right. So I'm assuming he didn't notice there were people watching him. Which, like, if he if they called during the commission of the murder, he had to rob the guy and wipe down the car. Yeah. He did that pretty fucking quick. Pretty fucking quick. So, yeah, they, they saw him wiping out. Maybe they didn't. I mean, maybe they heard... The shot and then, like, came up as he was finishing up or something. Right. Seems like maybe that could have been because it says they observed the man wiping the cab down before walking away towards the Presidio. Um, so, two blocks from the crime scene, there's an officer mm-hmm. responding to the call, saw a white man walking along the sidewalk and, like, about to kind of go up a stairway. And I believe this officer spoke to this man, but he did not think that he was a suspect because mm-hmm. somehow... The radio dispatcher had alerted to be on the lookout for a black suspect. Wow. It says that the mix-up remains unexplained, and I'm like, really? Really? Is that unexplained? Because that shit happens now. Right. And this wow. was in a rich neighborhood, and, like, of course they thought it was just some black guy. Of course. Yeah, rich neighborhood in a very, like, yeah. That's so. Cut and dry. Literally, a cop spoke to him. Yes. Which you could, like, you could almost think, well, maybe that wasn't even him. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into later yes. why it was him. But, yeah, so they thought they were looking for a black guy. Because, of course, weird somebody committed a crime. Right. It's got to be a black guy. I mean, who, we can't explain it. A there's real no mysterious. Way, there's no way for us to know yeah. why I was looking for a black guy. The most person. unknowable part about this case yes. is how could it possibly get mixed up that it was a black guy? Right. Not racism at all. No. Definitely not. I, I, that did stick out to me when I read that. I was like, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We have not come very far. We have not come far. This was, yeah, 1969. I mean, we were a little more openly racist back then. But, like, were we really? Right. We're pretty openly racist now. Oh, yeah. So, but we, it was a little more accepted back then. Right. More yeah. more casual. So, we, we fucking lost the Zodiac <laughs> for this person's racism, so right. thank you. And he was described either as between 35 and 45 mm. or between 25 and 30. Yeah. The officer said 35 to 45. The teenager said 25 to 30. Interesting. Which is interesting. So maybe, so maybe it was two different people. Yeah. I don't know. I, my thought was that if it was the same person, potentially the officer might have more experience, like, looking at somebody quickly and oh, describing them than, like, yeah. teenagers would be. Because, like, if they just saw him quickly, like, cleaning up the cab and then leaving, maybe they aren't, like, quite as yeah. adept at, like, I'm pretty bad at guessing that. people's ages. Oh, yeah. I'd be terrible at that. Yeah. I, like, I don't know, think like all the time. 50, and they're like, he's 17. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it looked like he had a beard. Like, yeah. no, he didn't yeah. at all. He was prepubescent. Like, okay. I mean, he seemed like he was, like, Asian. Like, no. No. He was black. 
not even close. That would be not close at all. That would be my like eyewitness testimony. Yeah, I'm like all the time. I'm like, oh, I I've said it before. If I had to sit down and do a police sketch of my own husband, I think I would fail. Right. Like, they're just I I'm picturing his face right now, and like I it's like you know what somebody looks like. Right. But it's like you see them so much. How do you describe it? Yeah. How do you describe it? And would I really if somebody was like, what do his eyebrows look like? Like, do I know? Just thinking in my head what Nate's eyebrows look like, I'm not totally sure. Right. Not not well enough to like have somebody draw them. Right. So I, I think the sketch would be terrible. Yes. I would I would love to do it. I wish I could like pay somebody yeah. to draw Nate based on my description because it be would awesome. not look anything like him. It'd be hilarious. And then he'd be like, What we've been together for 14 years. Um speaking yeah. of like that kind of sketch, the the sketch of the Zodiac, that's like the um one of the composite sketches. I'm not sure who which like uh witness mm. this sketch is connected to but it actually resembles db cooper's sketch yeah. in a little bit too. i thought that too same style of glasses yep just like white dude i mean he's just like a average looking white dude yeah, in like the 1960s which is part of why i'm sure he hasn't really been caught because he didn't like right. he looked like any other dude from that time Joe frame. every man yeah so yeah so they got the composite sketch but that was it um then this kind of starts, like, his string of kind of, like, obsessive letters. Yes. Where, like, at some point I'm, like, reading through this timeline of letters and I'm like, dude, calm down. Right. Like, you sound a little thirsty. Yeah, he's hella thirsty. <laughs> so thirsty. Well, I think he started, I think this is when he transitions from being fully satisfied by just, mur- like, I don't think that murder was ever his end goal. Mm. I think, like, some sort of fame or notoriety exactly. was his end goal. And this just seemed like... I mean, like, I think the the whole murder aspect of it was attractive to him, but I think it was a means to an end in a lot of ways mm. to sort of gain this public discourse with, like, a newspaper and yeah. the police department. Like, that was more his driving force. Oh, yeah. Which he did succeed. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like we said, he was a shitty serial killer, but you know if you say Zodiac killer nowadays. Oh, yeah. He's one 50 of the most years famous later. Zodiac, or yeah. one of the most famous serial killers. <laughs> the most famous Zodiacs. <laughs> of all of the Zodiac killers, he's like number one. <laughs> number one, man. Yeah, so that murder, October 11th. So October 14th, uh, again, the Chronicle is like his favorite yep. place. They get a letter, has a swatch of Paul Stein's shirt, yep. the cab driver he killed. Um, it contained a threat. This was his threat about killing school children yeah. in his, off a school bus. Um, he said, just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. Yeah. It's pretty fucked. It's a fucking weird, and that's a weird way to say it. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Like, and where did that come from? Like, again, like, way off his MO. Right. Like, now I'm going to kill school kids? Right. I don't even know. So, he he threatens that. I don't even really know if it was, like, totally, it was, like, kind of a threat. It was just, like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Right. Which he is didn't. a totally empty threat again. And he never did, yeah. Never did. Six days later, October 20th, um, somebody claiming to be the Zodiac called the Oakland Police Department demanding that one of these two prominent lawyers, F. Lee Bailey or Melvin Belly, appear on this local television show, AM San Francisco. So Bailey's not available. Belly went on the show. The host, like, appealed to the viewers they wanted to keep the phone lines open. Like, please don't call. We're waiting for the Zodiac. Right. Um, Someone claiming to be the Zodiac did call several times and said his name was Sam. Hmm. And then Belly agreed to meet with him in Daly City, but the guy never showed up. Which, again, like, like, that that couldn't, that might not... Even have been the no. Zodiac. Yeah, we have no idea. I'm sure the phone calls are probably the hardest to pin down because I feel like it'd be a little harder to, like, definitively match somebody's voice. 
Right. Even based on like a previous couple phone calls. Right. Versus like handwriting. Especially back then. Yeah. So who knows? And weird, weird. Um, November 8th, he they get another card with another cryptogram, 340 character cryptogram, never been decoded. Yep. We have no idea what the hell that was. Right. Who knows what the fuck he said. Um, November 9th, seven page letter stating that two policemen stopped and spoke with him right after he shot Paul Stein. Mm -hmm. So we're confirmed there. Um, They published some of the excerpts a few days later, including his claim. And I guess it was that same day that that officer wrote a memo explaining what had happened, which I'm assuming he was like, dude, I thought I was looking for a black guy. Right. Sorry. Come on. Like, who hasn't <laughs> who, made yeah. that mistake, right? I, I just figured. Yeah. I didn't even need to hear it. I just assumed it was a black guy. Yeah. So, um, December 20th, this is like exactly a year after the murders of Faraday and Jensen, he mailed a letter to Belly to that lawyer. Yeah. Including another swatch of Stein's shirt. Like, why, dude? Right. Um, but that letter said that he wanted Belly to help him, quote, please help me. I cannot remain in control for much longer. Interesting. So he's calling out for help. Yeah, which is weird. Like, Super weird. Is he trying to get caught? I don't know. But like, he could just turn himself in. He could just turn himself in. Seems like he wants to get caught. He at least wants the attention. Right. He wants the... He likes being in the newspaper. He's writing letters all the time. Um, so, yeah. So that's December. So now we move on to March 1970. Yeah. This is not a confirmed Zodiac encounter. Right. Though I believe he does later take credit for it. Yeah. This but. is also another example of poor... Oh, my God. Poor serial killing. Poor serial killing and poor judgment on the victim's part. Oh, I don't yeah. mean to, like, victim blame, and it was 1970. I don't know what time like things were like back then Right. in this area. This was... There's a lot of red flags. There's a lot of red flags. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, picture this. Highway 132. Yep. <laughs> near I- I-580. Got You're it. Right? You're right there. I'm right there. Uh, area west of Modesto. Okay. So let's see. March 22nd, 1970. So this is, again, we're still kind of moving like southeast. Okay. From San Francisco. This is like a little bit over. This woman, Kathleen Johns, she's driving to visit her mom. Mm-hmm. She's pregnant, seven months pregnant, and has her 10-month-old daughter in the car. Jesus. Yeah. This car comes up behind her, starts like honking its horn and flashing its headlights, like freaking out. Again, I don't know what I'd think in that moment. Right. But she pulls over the car. I would drive so much faster. So much faster. I would just speed. I would just go to somewhere. I mean, I at mm-hmm. least would have waited, I think, until I was somewhere in like public. Like a gas station or something? Yeah, something. Like a diner, anything. Um, especially pregnant and with a baby. Right. Like, there's just no way. Yeah. It, even just one of those things, I would have been like, no. Right. Um, again, I'm not trying to blame this woman. I don't feel quite as bad because she doesn't die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... He Whatever. tells her, oh, you're right rear, rear, wow, rear wheel. <laughs> <laughs> your right rear wheel yes. is wobbling. I can fix it for you. And she's like, oh, what, a, what a nice guy. Awesome. Yeah, he's going to tighten the lug nuts. Great. So he does his thing. She's just like, what a nice guy. Right. He pulls out ahead of her. She goes to drive off and her like wheel immediately comes off. Weird. Weird. Man, it's almost as if somebody loosened the lug nuts. Yeah, it's almost like they did that. Wow. Um, so he comes back and he's like, oh man, I'll just take you to a gas station. Now you have to get in my car because right. your fucking wheel is off the car. Right. Um, so she gets in the car with her daughter and they're driving around for like an hour and a half. He's passing all kinds of gas stations. Hour and a half. Yeah, it's a long ass time. They said he was driving like back and forth on 
country roads. Yeah, exactly. He's just, yeah, back and forth, back roads. She's asking him why he's not stopping. He would just change the subject. I'm sure in her mind she's, like, losing her shit. Oh, yeah. Like, this is fucking it. He finally stops at an intersection. She jumps out and hides in a field with her daughter. He searches for them with a flashlight, but can't find her. And so then he leaves and she hitches a ride to the police station. What a bad serial killer. So bad. Like You didn't, like, lock the doors or... I have to wonder. Like, this one makes me wonder if this was, again, very different from his MO. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But he... I don't know if maybe, like, he hadn't killed anybody that was, you know, like, a little kid, a baby. Right. He hadn't killed a pregnant woman. I mean, as far as we know. Right. So maybe he was having, like, some doubts, like, building up some courage to do this. Interesting. But, I mean, he had her right there. I mean, he could have, but, I mean. Right. And driving around for an hour and a half, you had plenty of opportunity to, like, make your move. Yeah. And he didn't. So you have to think. I don't know what else his goal would have been. He clearly, it's not like he was driving her somewhere. Like, right. it's not like he's going somewhere for an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, he's just going back and forth. So he's clearly, like, plotting, like, what the hell am I going to do? Right. Like, you're, like, trying to get up, like, the nerve to do it. It's super weird. Yeah. So, thankfully, she gets away. Um, she gave her statement, and she noticed the composite sketch of Paul Stein's killer and recognized him as the same guy. So, again, I mean, that's, it's pinned to him for that reason, but there's no telling... In that moment, I mean, she, Yeah. we have to assume she got a good look at him. She's in the car with him for a long time. Eyewitness testimony is notoriously bad, though. Yes. And I mean, I feel like it could be, again, that that composite does not look like a very specific person. No. It, it just doesn't. looks like a dude. A dude. Like the most prominent features, like the glasses. Yeah. Which are very easily interchangeable. Exactly. So we don't know for sure it was him, but they found her car. It had been gutted and torched. And so it just seems like unnecessary. The whole thing's fucking weird. The only connection I could think is that he tried to like put those other kids in that shed and burn it down. But that one's not confirmed to him either. Right. So that's the only similarity really. But why did he have to, it's not like his DNA was anywhere in the car. No. Yeah. And if it was, they don't fucking know. Right. So it's weird. Yeah. That one was fucking weird, but luckiest chick ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he continues to keep communicating with the authorities for, like, the rest of 1970. Yeah. Um, letters and greeting cards, which I thought was nice. Right. Greetings. He, like, went to the store and was like, I got to pick out some of these cards. One of the ones that I thought was interesting was he, there was a, one of the letters was the phrase, like, my name is, mm. and then a 13-letter cryptogram. Yep. So you could assume that his name is 13 letters. Yep. There's a lot. That you can do with 13 letters, yeah, but... there's a whole lot you can do. It does actually, like, make some of the people who it might have been, and when we get to that part of it, there's some interesting, like, oh, actually... Yeah. Oh, hey there. Helps it helps it fit. Yeah. There's a cool connection that I like a little later on, too, that will come up. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, he said in that same letter, he was not responsible for the recent bombing of a police station in San Francisco, but he said, quote, there is more glory to killing a cop than a... This was spelled C-I-D. I don't know if that meant kid. Hmm. Sid? Interesting. I don't know. Um, because a cop can shoot back. Yeah. And then he had a diagram of a bomb that this is, again, back to the school bus thing. Yeah. But now he's not shooting the kids. He's going to bomb the bus. I don't He's all over the place. Right. Um, and then he wrote his symbol equals 10, SFPD equals zero. So he starts to add these little tallies at the bottom of his letters. Yeah. So now his claim is that he's killed 10 people. Right. At this point, we only know that he's killed... Five people. Yes. So we're kind of like, all right. Right. Either there's ones that we don't know about, which is very totally well possible. possible. Yeah. Um, and it, it is weird that he kind of like starts hinting at like the whole bomb angle because mm. 
I wonder if maybe like the national news attention that when was the Unabomber? That's a good question. Like I wonder if there was some something in like the national consciousness that bombing seemed like a more fame worthy mm. crime than serial killing. So right. maybe he was going to try to transition to become a bomber so that he could have. There are theories that they are one and the same. A greater audience. Yes, I yes. didn't hear about that. Yep, I actually didn't look into the connections, but there that is one of the theories. Interesting. That Ted Kaczynski is the Zodiac. I don't know if I buy that though. I'm not sure. I really like. I should have got more details about that. Looking into it. Well, I. We'll get into that later. I I know a decent amount about Ted Kaczynski, mm. and I I don't think that their profiles of the Zodiac and Ted Kaczynski fit. But we'll like get into that later. The Unabomber, I think, might have been in the seventies. Maybe I'm not it, sure. So it might have been after eighties. The known. I don't know. It's definitely. I feel like it's definitely after this. Yeah. But not too long after. Right. So it wasn't like the nineties. Hmm. Yeah. So he starts his tally. <clears throat> yeah. Um. But a week later, another greeting card to the Chronicle. I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast. All yes. in caps. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't say while I have a blast. Right. What the hell, man? He's like almost got a good one-liner, but I like know. fucks it up. Have my blast. Um, puts his little symbol. On the back, he threatens to use the bus bomb soon and lets the newspaper publish the full details that he wrote. And he also said he wanted to see some people wearing, quote, some nice Zodiac buttons. He literally wants people to wear his brand around. He's he's literally branding himself. Yeah. He, he is, wants people to wear this button. He's like an influencer on Instagram. And he's not even offering the buttons. Right. He didn't even mail them the buttons. He's like, someone's got to fucking make some Zodiac Make buttons. some buttons. Like he's, I don't know, he's expecting the newspaper to print up some buttons. Yeah, and super bizarre. send them out, like include them with the newspaper that people get. I don't even know. Right. I mean, but he's he clearly self-centered, but like. It's just, like, in a weird way, like, he's... It's so bizarre. He seems, like, super desperate. Yes, exactly. He's trying to make himself into a cooler serial killer than he is. Yeah, he's not that cool. Um, Almost two months later, he sends a letter. He's upset that he didn't see people wearing the buttons. (laughs) Sorry. He's not mad, he's disappointed. He's disappointed. He wrote, quote, I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a thirty-eight, which is potentially referencing there was a a Sergeant Richard Raditic... A week earlier, um, that was sitting in a car, cop car, writing a parking ticket, and was shot with a thirty-eight caliber pistol in the head. Interesting. Um, and he died. So, San Francisco Police Department denies that this was the Zodiac, but I, to me, I'm kind of like, why? Why couldn't it have been him? Right. Like, what evidence do you have? Like, what guarantee is it that it wasn't him? Right. I mean, him taking credit isn't a definitive either, but I don't know how they can say like, no. Right. You don't have shit from any other case, so. And all of the Zodiac's murders are super sporadic. And, like, shooting into a parked car would not be out of the realm of his M.O. And he had already just said, like, two months before that there was more glory to killing a cop. Right. And then in June, he potentially kills a cop. Like... Makes sense. That makes sense. Um, And so in this letter, he includes a roadmap of the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm -hmm. There's... Mount Diablo on the map. He drew his cross circle symbol and on the top he placed a zero, a three, a six, and a nine. And then he had instructions that the zero was, quote, to be set to mag N. Magnetic north. Magnetic north. There you go. And then that also included a cipher that was never been solved again. That he claimed would, in conjunction with the code, lead to the location of a bomb that he had buried and set off to go off in the fall. 
Hmm. So more bombs. Um, the cipher was never decoded. The bomb was never located. And then he signed it with his little symbol equals 12, SFPD equals zero. So now he's tacked on two more murders. Right. Even though the only one he mentioned was that cop. Right. So there's potentially another mystery murder. And the, like this whole bomb bomb angle does not seem legit to me. Like it seems no. like so he really wants people to solve those ciphers. Yeah. And it must like really piss him off that they've only solved one. Only solved one. Like no other ciphers. He wants to be this like grand like opponent and like have it be like a chess game, like it's a movie and like yeah. you like work tirelessly to solve this and then you solve the cryptogram and then you go find something but it's not what you were but like yeah. he's like trying to make this into like the plot of a movie and like the like the police department's just like i mean we'll try but like yeah. no guarantees know, no guarantees and like here we are yeah. four years later never been solved so that must like really piss him off now i want to solve these ciphers do it damn it okay. um okay so that's that's june 26 so a month later he took credit for the abduction the abduction of the woman with the baby Yep. Um, and then a couple days later, he paraphrases a song from the Mikado, a two-act comic opera that apparently is one of the most frequently played musical theater pieces in history. Sure. I'm, I'll probably have to hear it, right. I guess. Um, he kind of added his own lyrics about making a, quote, little list of the ways he planned to torture his slaves in paradise, spelled with a C. <laughs> um, this was signed with a very large exaggerated symbol. And then now it said symbol equals 13, SFPD equals zero. So we're another, yet another murder. Um, and then he included a note on the bottom saying, P.S. The Mount Diablo code concerns radians plus number of inches along the radians. Which, okay. Right. Um, like 11 years later, this Zodiac researcher, Gareth Penn, is apparently like a true crime author that was being known, he was known for being among the first non-journalists to write about the Zodiac killer case. So he did a lot of Zodiac research. Um, led to the discovery that a radian angle when placed over the map per the Zodiac's instructions pointed to the locations of two of the Zodiac attacks. Interesting. So there was some truth to that. Right. They just didn't figure it out for a while. Right. Oops. Which I'm pretty sure that, like that was his previous attacks. It wasn't like, right. you know, which like, you think in that kind of case, like you'd think that it would be cooler for him to like, Point for that to, to show to future, yeah, body is something, but like just to be like, yeah, that's where I've already killed people is like, right. okay, cool. And I wonder if it, if he was thinking that it was like maybe there's some other like if you crack one of those cryptograms, maybe it'll give you more instructions like that, mm. and so then you'd be able to know like, okay, this is gonna tell me where like where other murders are taking place or yeah. something. But so maybe like that's what he was expecting, but we haven't cracked it, so it's like it. he's just like, come on, guys, yeah, we don't know shit. He like gave us that hint, like. Yeah. Dude, means radians. He's like, come on. <laughs> that, like, again, was another sign that, like, he sent that letter, and then, like, later on, he's like, dude. Right. Like, nobody's figured it out yet. Like, here's like, a hint. kind of sad. It's kind of sad. And then still, nobody figured it out at the time. It wasn't right. until way later. Eleven years later. So, yeah. Um, October 7th, they receive a three-by-five-inch card signed by the Zodiac with a small cross reportedly drawn with blood um, with 13 holes punched across the card. Which, so. I wonder if the 13 holes are um, significant, like that, the placement of the holes. That actually, that might have been, well, maybe. That maybe matched up to the number of victims at that point, because his previous letter said 13. Right. So maybe that was just whatever. Um, 20 days later, Chronicle reporter Paul Avery, this one's creepy, got a Halloween card signed with the letter Z and the Zodiac yes. symbol. Handwritten was the note, Peekaboo, you are doomed. Yes. Ugh. That's fucked. Fucked up. 
Um, this was taken seriously, got a front page story. And then the reporter, Paul Avery, um, also received an anonymous letter alerting him to these similarities between the Zodiac and this unsolved murder of Sherry Jo Bates, which was in 1966. So he kind of starts looking into that. He reported his findings. Um, so yep. moving back in time, October 30th, 1966, 18-year-old Sherry Jo Bates, student of Riverside Community College, was hanging out at the library on campus yep. till it closed at 9. Uh, neighbors apparently heard a scream around 10.30. Guess right. nobody checked it out. Right. And then she was found dead the next morning, short distance from the library, between two abandoned houses, um, stabbed like crazy, like almost decapitated. Jesus. Um, the wires in her Volkswagen's distributor cap had been pulled out. Yeah, she was beaten and stabbed to death. They found a man's Timex watch with a torn wristband. The watch had stopped at 12.24 a.m., oddly. But the police believe that the murder occurred before that. Interesting. So, again, quite different. Like, doesn't seem like he didn't tie her up. Right. Didn't do anything like that. This was before before his first confirmed murder, yep. but potentially after that first suspected murder. Right. Um, the kids that were senior ditch day. Yeah. Which even that, he shot them, so who fucking knows. Was it, so Riverside Community College was where that poem was found carved on that Yes. Desk. Yes. Um, so, okay, so a month later, people get typewritten letters. Uh, the police, one of the newspapers, titled The Confession. Yes. Which that, this part is consistent with Zodiac. Definitely. Um, claimed responsibility, details of the crime... Um, warned that Bates, quote, is not the first and she will not be the last. And, creepier, Miss Bates was stupid. She went to the slaughter like a lamb. Jesus. It's like a little creepier than his usual stuff, I think. It is. Um, and then, so in December, yes. they found a poem. So, in one of the desks at the Riverside Community College Public Library. Yep, where she had been that night. Where she had been that night. They found a weird poem carved into the desk. Mm. Um, has not been 100% confirmed as the Zodiac. Right. But it definitely fits his weird, like, wanting to sort of, like, memorialize a murder with words. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna read you the poem, okay? Yes. So this was carved in the desk. It's all just kind of, like, laid out like a poem, like single words on each line or two words on each line. Mm-hmm. So it's titled, Sick of Living Slash Unwilling to Die, which sounds like a, like a hardcore song. Yeah. Um, so this is, so this is the poem, okay? <clears throat> Cut, clean, if red, clean, blood spurting, dripping, spilling all over her new dress. Oh, well, it was red anyways. Life draining into an uncertain death. She won't die. This time, someone will find her. Just wait till next time. Damn. And it's signed R-H. R-H. Lowercase R-H. Lowercase R-H. Yeah. Super creepy. Super um, creepy. Yeah, they said, so Sherwood Morrill, which was California's top, like, handwriting expert at the time, mm-hmm. said that he thought that it was written by the Zodiac. Interesting. The handwriting looked similar, which must be hard, like, comparing. Carving. To carving, yeah, to writing. But he thought it was similar. They thought it was similarly worded. Um, again, we've only given, like, quotes from some of these letters. Like, a lot of these letters that we're mentioning were a lot longer oh, yeah. than what we're saying. Right. So I think they kind of had a good idea at that point of all the letters he had sent of kind of how he talked. Yeah, not only, like, his handwriting style or, like, 
but like his his way of speaking and his way mm. of like forming thoughts and sentences and yeah. even like his sense of humor and right the fact that he was kind of like sarcastic in a lot of ways. Well, and it matched up kind of with his, you know, she's the first, but she will not be the last or right. she's not the first, but she'll not be the last. Um, kind of at the end there, like wait till next time or whatever. Right. Which is creepy, which is creepy because he's saying like she will be found, but wait until next time. Right. Like they won't be found, which matches up with mm-hmm. the idea that he's keeping track yep. of how many people he's killed, but we're not, we don't have the same numbers on our end. So right. we have no idea. It's interesting. And again, if his, his MO is all over the place, it's not even like you can just look into like murders of right. young, like teenagers or early, like young adults or whatever. It's like, could be anybody. Any murder. Any murder, really. And it, I mean, who knows? He could stray from that. He could be killing homeless people. We have no idea. Right. And I, to. I tend to believe that his numbers are accurate too, because if he was making that up, I feel like they'd be a whole lot more inflated. Exactly. Like he's at 13 murders. Like it's, he could be like fucking 107. Yeah. 398 murders. Exactly. It's like. It's kind of 13. part of his mystery. Right. Is that he's telling you like, yeah, I've killed more people, but you don't know who they are. Right. So, Yeah. And again, this is, they're looking into this case later. I mean, obviously they, this case was known and investigated, but it wasn't connected to him until this reporter kind of got this heads up. Yeah. Um, And so April 30th, six months after she was murdered, her father and the one of the local papers and the police all got identical letters um, that said along the lines of Bates had to die, there will be more. And then a scribble at the bottom with the letter Z, or what looked like the letter Z. Yeah. So, again, that was part of what connected it is like, oh, Zodiac does that. Right. Um, So, shortly after, um, or, yeah, well, shortly after where we had previously left off, um, September 6, 1970, a woman disappears. Go into this in a little bit, but that's thought to be him as well. Um, So, yeah, he, he did make mention to... The Bates murder in 71, March 71, after Paul Avery put out an article linking the Zodiac to this Bates murder, he met a letter to the Los Angeles Times. So that was much, that's where Riverside is. It's sort of like a suburb of Los Angeles. Okay. Um, he credited the police instead of Avery for discovering his, quote, Riverside activity, but they are only finding the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down there. Interesting. So that could be part of it, too, if... You again looking at a map and knowing California, San Francisco is a ways away from Los Angeles, oh, yeah. like hours away. Um, so if they're really looking in the like the San Francisco Bay Area right. for potential murders to connect him to, and he's also killing people down in Los Angeles or has killed people, right? There's a lot of murders that happen in Los Angeles oh. and in the nearby areas. You're not necessarily combing through every single one of those, right? Over a several year span. It seems like his, his San Francisco is like his his comfort zone mm. where he like, that's where he tried out the whole bib and executioner hood thing. Yeah. Um, it seems where he does like the more experimentation, whereas maybe LA was, he could be like more anonymous there or something or yeah. he didn't feel as comfortable. I feel like San Francisco is like, he probably lived there or mm. had some connection to San Francisco. Yeah. Because San Francisco is still a big city, but not as big as Los Angeles. Right. So you can, and again, just there's in general more crime in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So that kind of opens up a whole new world of like, oh shit. Um, So yeah, they still maintained that those, that Bates murder was not him, but it seems to be linked in several ways. Um, So maybe a week later, he writes a postcard to the Chronicle addressed to Paul Averly, 
like misspelled the dude's name right. that he was like communicating with. Maybe it was on purpose. Maybe it was disrespect. Yeah, to be like, can't even remember your name. Right. Um, believed to be from the Zodiac, claimed responsibility for the disappearance of Donna Lass, which was in September the previous year. Um, there was kind of a weird collage that he sent yeah. from advertisements and magazines. Um, it featured a scene from an advertisement for Forest Pines condominiums, and it had the text Sierra Club, Sought Victim 12, Peek Through the Pines, Past Lake Tahoe Areas, and Around in the Snow. Yeah. It had his symbol, like, in the, he put it in, like, the return address section, right. which is, like, a thing that he did. Um, so, Donna Lass was a nurse at this, like, Sahara Tahoe Hotel and Casino, which is, like... Sure. I was like, okay. Um, so, she worked until, like, 2 a.m. on September 6th. Later that day, her employer and her landlord both received calls from a man saying that she had a family emergency and had to leave town. Interesting. Which was not correct. None of her family had called. Um, and she was never found. So they found what appeared to be a gravesite, which again, like, there are certain things that later on I'm like, why did I not get more detail about right. this? Like, how did it appear to be a gravesite? I have no idea. This was in Northern California, which I have on the map is like a little, it's not right where... She disappeared, but it's close by. Yeah. Um, but they excavated, and all they found was a pair of sunglasses. Which is weird. Which is weird. So this was a weird one for him, again, because he took credit for it, but this was the only murder thus far that they couldn't find anything. Right. It didn't seem like he wanted them to find anything. Right. Didn't, I mean, he gave some clues there, but not really. Right. So, it's again, weird. I don't know how they found Did this gravesite. Did he, site. like, bury her there and then, like, dig her back up and yeah. move her or something? I have no idea. Like, that's even so, weirder. This one is bizarre. Um, so then he goes silent, at least in California. Yes. For three years. Three whole years. But there's a letter received in 1973. So we left off in March 71. Yeah. So it's still a solid two years. Uh, at 73, Albany, New York, I think the police station, hmm. um, received an envelope with his symbol at the return address. And the letter read, you are wrong. I am not dead or in the hospital. I am alive and well, and I'm going to start killing again. Below is the name and location of my next victim, but you had better hurry because I'm going to kill her August 10th at 5 p.m. when the shift change. Albany is a nice town. So hinting that he's there visiting. Interesting. Or living there. Who knows? Right. Um, there's three rows of symbols. The FBI Bureau Cryptanalysts, which is cool. Right. Um, deciphered it to read, so the, the first part they had redacted, I don't know why. Hmm. Maybe it was personal information. It could have been, yeah, I mean, it could have been a name, I guess. Um, Albany Medical Center, this is only the beginning. But they couldn't find any murders that matched. So he kind of, like, sent this letter being like, I'm going to do this, mm -hmm. this is the name, and nothing happened. Again. Again. False promises. Yeah. Um, so finally the Chronicle gets another letter from him, January 74, he praised The Exorcist as the best satirical comedy I've ever seen. Yes, which is weird. So that's weird. That, yeah. that letter has a weird tone to it. Yeah. It's like really weird. Laughy and jokey, but like kind of like sinister and brooding at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. He had another snippet of a verse from the Mikado and an unusual symbol at the bottom that was not his usual symbol. Um, and then he concluded with a new score me equals 37, SFPD equals zero. So now he's jumped from, I think his last tally was 13. Yes. To now, three years later, at 37. I mean, it's conceivable that he was murdering people that whole way. Like, if mm. he's 
going from San Francisco to Albany, New York, he drove across the whole United States. Yeah. Could have been murdering people in every town along the way. And exactly. They were never linked together because they're just like back then they didn't have the same databases. Right. Like we like there's already we still have problems nowadays of like organizations not talking to each other and not mm. being able to track murders that happen in different parts of the country because yeah. of like police stations not wanting to like cooperate. Yeah. So especially back then, like he could have easily had you know, those extra 12, um, I mean, 24, yeah. <laughs> damn, yeah. like 24 people. So many people. In three years. Well, yeah. And again, like if, if his MOs are very inconsistent, it's not even like you're seeing the exact same thing every time and you're like, hey, wait a second. Right. Like if he's shooting people, stabbing people in cabs of different ages, I mean, who knows? Right. Um, so yeah, as far as he <clears throat> claims, 37. And that was pretty much it. Um, he's a suspect in, there's like some hitchhiker murders. These seven unsolved homicides um, in 72 and 73 in, like, Santa Rosa. But that's just theorized. Wild speculation. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. And then that's kind of where it ends. And There's, there's a few else. kind of, like, like letters here and there yeah. after that that may or may not have been attributed to him. Mm. Um, they're just kind of, like, weird, like, letters to the editor that are tonally, like, there's just something off about them. Yeah. And if you read through some of them, like, they're kind of, like, maybe, or it could just be, like, you're reading too far into somebody who just, like, sent a letter. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because none of those mention any murders. They're not confessing anything. They're just, like, yeah, but they do have his same weird sense of humor. Yeah. Which kind of, it would make sense if this last letter, he's kind of, like, joking about the exorcist. Right. He kind of, like, goes into this just weird... Transitions, yeah. Yeah, he's like dark jokes. Super weird. And then, yeah, he's just, he's just gone. Yeah. So, yeah. So, suspects. Yes. Yes. Arguably the most, like, logical suspect is this mm. guy, Arthur Lee Allen. Yep. Um, he was sort of thought to be the, he was definitely, like, investigated. Mm. They searched his house. They recovered things Many from his times. house. Including after he died in the 90s. They, yeah. like, searched his house. This Couldn't like find any information about what they 20 found. 20 years long. Yeah. Worth of, like, interviews and investigations. Oh. Yeah, I didn't really see anything that they, aside from they found um, the same typewriter. Yes. Brand. He also had a Zodiac brand wristwatch. Yes. Which is, yep. like, all right, okay. Um, Maybe a stretch. One of his friends said that he spoke of wanting to kill people. Yep. Uh, he wanted to use the name the Zodiac. Yep. And he talked about making a flashlight gun or like attaching a flashlight to a gun. Yeah. Which is suspicious. Those are, those are red flags. That's, you know, that's um, a hard one because it's like the friend said that. And this Did was he in say 68. Yeah. That he said that he the friend said it. Yep. Or the, the friend said that the Zodiac, that Arthur Lee Allen said it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um, it's okay. He's dead. He's not going to hear you say that. Exactly. He was also a convicted pedophile. He was. Um, yeah, he was fired from his job as an elementary school teacher in March 69 after allegations of sexual misconduct yeah. with students. And later on, 74, he was arrested for lewd sex acts upon a 12-year-old boy. So he was arrested and put in jail for two years in 1974. Yep. The same year that the Zodiac letter stopped. Yep. So it's Very interesting. possible that maybe he served two years and then got out and... Yeah, I'd be curious because like the last the last confirmed letter was in January. So yeah, yeah he that easily he could have gone to jail and that could have been what stopped him. Which is interesting that he didn't like pick it up after that because he only went to prison for two years. Right, maybe so it's not he like figured, he was there like, forever. They were watching him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he probably had to register like register as a sex offender. Yeah, 
Um, so like he probably figured there was more, more increased risky. scrutiny. Yep. So maybe he took trips and like killed people along the way. Yeah. And then like tried to get back into it, but like he was way over across the country, mm-hmm. which is why he would kind of start up over there again, but like didn't actually kill anybody. Yeah. Like maybe he did kill people, but they were never found. Right. Because he wanted to fly into the radar and realized it was too risky. Yeah. Who knows? Another another interesting sort of like piece to this is so his name is Arthur Lee Allen. Mm. If you if you went by Art, which is yep. conceivable. Conceivable. It's thirteen letters. Art Lee Allen. Okay. Lee like L E I G H. It's exactly thirteen letters. Yep. Oh yeah. So Art the, Lee Allen. That one um cryptogram, it said my name is and then a thirteen letter cryptogram. Art Lee Allen. Yep. There he is. Yeah, he, um, some other evidence, he had been in the vicinity of the Lake Berryessa attack in 69. Um, he said in an interview once that his favorite short story was the most dangerous game. Which he referenced. Referenced in that letter. Um, he was picked out in a photo lineup many years after the attacks by one of the survivors. Interesting. Which, I think the many years after part is crucial. Yes. Because it's like, well, um, the typewriter thing, I'm like, eh. Um... He had lived in Vallejo, just minutes away from where one of the killings took place. Right, one of the the very the first confirmed zodiac. Yeah, which it's it's always seen that the first murder is always significant because usually a serial killer kills somebody close to them. Right. So it's conceivable that if he lived close to that first murder, that there's something significant about like he, maybe he knew that the couple or yeah. one or one piece of the couple. Yeah, it said he like it was only a few minutes away from both where the murder took place and where one of the victims lived. Right. Um. Yeah, he apparently, after an interview with a reporter, wrote her a letter containing a handwritten Z identical to the one on the Riverside letter. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, and retired police handwriting expert Lloyd Cunningham, though, who worked the Zodiac case forever, said that uh, Arthur Lee Allen's handwriting didn't even come close. But handwriting so. analysis is notoriously not... True. It's like nowadays we don't look at handwriting analysis the same way that we used to. No. It's not seen as an exact science. It's not like a fingerprint. Exactly. You can alter your handwriting. And even if you're in different states of mind, your yeah. handwriting is different. That's true. So that's not necessarily... That doesn't rule him out. No. So he's think. he is probably the most plausible suspect. If I had to put my money on someone. Yeah. Um. There's another one. So this one... Is interesting. Yeah. Um, 2009, a former lawyer, Robert Tarbox, said that in the early 70s, he had a merchant mariner come into his office and confess. It's mariner, but... Okay. Merchant what? mariner. <laughs> okay. Mariner. Shit. Didn't even realize that I said that. Damn it. I was, like, on a roll there, too. That's good. Sounded all cool. <laughs> a mariner. Okay. Merchant okay. mariner. Merchant mariner. Um, so he confessed. Yes. Came into the lawyer's office. (laughs) Merchant Mariner. He wouldn't release his name. So the lawyer knew this guy's name, but he wouldn't release it. Right. Um, But said that this guy described his crimes briefly but persuasively enough to convince him. So he was, like, set. Um, I guess the guy who confessed said that he was trying to stop himself from his, quote, opportunistic murder spree. But he never came back to see the lawyer. Um, So this lawyer took out a full-page ad... In the Vallejo Times Herald, because he wanted to clear the name of Arthur Lee Allen. Hmm. He was convinced enough that this guy was guilty that he was like, this poor guy. Let's let's clear the name of this convicted pedophile. (laughs) Yeah, like, this guy's not innocent. I I don't feel bad. (laughs) Don't really feel that bad. Um, So that was another, I mean, there's not really anything to that. It's kind of like, okay. Um, I I I could conceivably see the Zodiac being, like, 
working class, like if he was like yeah. a merchant mariner. Um, a mariner, you mean? A mariner, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Two totally different jobs. Right, absolutely. If he's like, you know, working on ships, he's maybe not the most articulate. Right. Or maybe he like doesn't value like intellectual knowledge as mm. much as someone else. Yeah. So that would kind of explain a lot of his typos. Yeah. Um, and maybe he was like the his, you know, love of cryptograms was different from his love of grammar. Right. Yeah. And spelling. A little bit. So I, I can uh, see it. Yeah. Sure. Um, retired police detective Steve Hodel, who has a book, The Black Dahlia Avenger, he is convinced that his father, George Hodel, was not only the Black Dahlia killer, but also the Zodiac. Based on the police sketch and some other stuff. Again, I didn't get into too many details. Yeah. Um, it sounds like he has a pretty strong case for his dad being the Black Dahlia murderer. Yes. Like that, like they, like somebody even said that had the father been alive at this time, they probably would have charged him. Yeah. Yeah. But it was not, it was, it seemed a lot flimsier that he was the Zodiac. It was just kind of yeah. like, fuck, maybe my dad was like every major <laughs> serial every killer. killer. <laughs> like what serial killers existed while he was alive? He was right. all of them. He was all of them. Like this dude, this killer was like, doing stuff when your dad was 10 he's like still that was him right i know it was him yeah it seems like a lot i mean i we we haven't done a black dolly episode yet so i don't know we should she she actually she was originally from portland maine yeah she's on the list i think she's definitely on her list Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so he thinks that his dad did it so okay um so there's another dude uh lewis joseph myers in February 2014, it was reported that he had confessed to a friend in 2001 that he was the Zodiac. Um, he learned that he was dying from cirrhosis of the liver, so he, like, confesses to his friend. He died a year later, and he told his friend, when I die, go to the police. So his friend did. The police kind of weren't really taking him seriously at first. Um, so some of the connections, this jo- Louis Joseph Myers uh, went to the same high school as David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen, worked in the same restaurant as Darlene Farron. He had access to the same sort of military boot that was found, like, in the Lake Berryessa crime scene, which that's flimsy, I think. Had access to a boot. Yeah. I didn't really know if that, like, <laughs> Don't did I, own them or did I he just... I technically have access to those boots <laughs> yeah, as well. I have like... access to any boots. <laughs> um, and then during the 71 to 73 period when they weren't getting any letters, he was stationed overseas. So he that... maybe couldn't do that. So... It would make sense. He said he can. Conf- he targeted couples because he had had a bad breakup. Yeah. <sighs> Which is like, that seems flimsy. Yeah. So that um, one, I, I don't am know. always wary of deathbed confessions. Yeah. Because that happened a lot with the D.B. Cooper case. Yeah. People saying like, I was D.B. Cooper. And I just, I, I can't help but think that it's just somebody trying yeah. to attach some sort of like meaning to their death. You think he would have like, had some more evidence. Right. Like of some kind besides just like, oh yeah. And I, again, like we, if we're to believe even the lower estimate of how old he was, like 25 to 30 or whatever it was. Right. 25 to 35. Um, I was, like, confused by the going to the same high school as these people because I'm like, he wasn't at their high school at the same age as them. Like, he maybe just went to the same high school that they also went to later. Right. But he, the killer was definitely older than these people. Oh, yeah. By, like, at least a few years. Maybe not much, but right. at so... least a good seven eight ten years it seems to me like he probably like had these weird connections and figured out all those connections and was like oh shit maybe got fixated on it like how many people in that like area could have gone to the same high school and even like worked at the same restaurant like if these are like smaller towns in california like that's not too far off that like oh jesus could just be a coincidence so yeah um this one's interesting a man who committed suicide in ohio in 2002 they 
presumably found him and then trying to look for his family, mm-hmm. but they can't find any of his family because they realize that he had stolen the identity of an eight-year-old boy who yes. died in 45. Um, so they're thinking, like, wow, he went to such great lengths to hide his identity. He must be a fugitive of some kind. Right. They analyze his DNA, and, like, it wasn't until March 2018 that they figured out who this guy even was. Right. Um, and identified him as Robert Ivan Nichols. I thought was only, and this is, like, a very weak connection. Um, he resembled the police sketches and lived in California. So, again, like, he looked like a dude. Right. And lived in California, which, like, millions of people do. Right. But, um... My one weak connection was that that poem was signed R-H, like yep. lowercase h. That easily could have been mistaken for N. And R-N. So Robert Nichols. Interesting. Right? Okay. So that's, that's my weak-ass connection. That's something. Yeah. I also read that he could have been a Nazi war criminal. Yeah, there was there were a whole lot of theories yeah. about what he could have been. And probably so, more likely that he was a war criminal than right. the Zodiac, but... Interesting. The, the, I was the like, initials, hey, R-N. It's not bad. Yeah, I know. I'm like a lowercase h carved that's into a, a desk. That would be like a Hail Mary, but like, yeah. it's it's not immediately able to be ruled out no that was interesting Hmm. um and that was pretty much all the like big suspects that i found besides ted cruz i mean it's definitely Ted. who was born in 1970 so it's not even possible oh and i saw a tweet that ted cruz supposedly made and i like on one hand i hope that he did it and on the other hand i don't want him to be this cool because i kind of hate him Mm -hmm. but it was like on halloween he posted some tweet that was like happy halloween and it was a fucking uh, Zodiac, like, cipher. Oh, shit. I really, like, I know he had, I, like, had seen, like, an interview or two that I only watched because I knew he, like, referenced the Zodiac thing because that right. was just a whole thing for a while that, like, oh, Ted yeah. Cruz's Zodiac like, yeah. is, like, Ted Cruz's Google search, like, how to get blood out of khaki pants. <laughs> but I don't know if a, like, uh, potential presidential candidate would make a joke on his Twitter that he's a serial killer. I don't think Even so. though, like, again, it's uh, he's obviously not because... Right. He didn't commit those crimes when he was. He physically in the womb. could not have done it. Yeah. Yes. So, but I don't know. I was like, damn it, that makes me like him for a second. Right. Because that's right. kind of funny. Um. So yeah. Did you see the whole connection to p- potentially being the monster of Florence? No. Interesting. So, there was an Italian serial killer. Whoa. Who uh, was active? Italian he committed. He committed eight double murders between um, 1968 and 1985. Okay. Um. And they were all couples. Mm. Um, a lot of them were stabbed. Some of them were shot. Interesting. The weird detail is that he cut the uteruses out of several women. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, so it was like a super fucked up like, murder. And it's a pretty like weak. It's kind of like that uh, Robert Nichols guy, just kind of mm. like fucking, I, I don't sure. know, serial killer, like 1968. Yeah. Like, gotta be the, could have been the, I guess it's conceivable that he... Traveled back and forth, and maybe that's yeah. why the murder stopped in the seventies because he went to Italy and yeah. And if there was eight murders in Italy, mm-hmm. then maybe that would add to his five. I'd be confirmed. interested. That oh would make yeah, thirteen. That make thirteen. Whoa, interesting. And then he did his thing after that and got up to thirty-seven. Right. So hmm. wait, yeah, I'd be interested to see the dates. Eight double murders. I wrote, but does that mean? Oh wait. That's 16 victims? Yeah, is that 16 people or 8 people total? Fuck. No, wait, that can't be 8 people total. It's gotta be 16. <laughs> it's gotta be 16. Because 8 yeah. double murders couldn't yes. be... Yeah. That's not conceivable. Anyways, <laughs> Anyways, so... Mariner and our <laughs> terrible math. Yes. We're learning a lot of things. So today. that's that was just kind of another like random little like, oh, maybe it was... Maybe they're the same guy. Maybe it was that guy. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But... My, my other cool theory that I found um, was... So there's this dude, I forget... 
again, shitty research on my part. <laughs> who the guy, I mean, this is not like just one guy, but there was one guy in particular that was kind of outlining this theory that the killings, of course, people really got murdered, yes. but maybe they weren't necessarily all the same person. Again, mm-hmm. they don't really all match up that right. much. Um, aside from the thing that connects them for the most part are the letters and the phone calls and that weird scrawling on the car. Yeah. Um, so his theory is that the killings were real. They weren't the same guy. And it was the letters and the calls were like a hoax. It was somebody taking credit for the killings that didn't actually kill these people. Um, so this is based on a few different things. Like he would say... He said in, like, a letter or two that he was giving details that, like, only the police would know. Right. And this guy was kind of outlining the fact that, like, the police, that, like, seems like it's not that many people, but that's kind of a lot of people, plus that also includes some, like, reporters. Right. Who would get details early on to, like, make their articles and whatever. Um, so there were really a lot of people that had access to that information. Right. That could, I mean, I'm assuming the, the theory here is that it's potentially somebody kind of on the inside. Right. That is either doing this or is feeding information to somebody else. Um. So, like, some examples um, in his letter that, where he claimed credit for that Lake Harmon Road killing, he says that the girl was wearing patterned slacks, but the police report states that she was wearing a blue and white flowered slack dress. The blue and white flowered part was kind of written over some other typing, so you couldn't really totally, like, make that part out, but you could see the slack dress part. Interesting. So this guy had talked to his mom, who was about the same age in that time frame, and asked her what the hell a slack dress was because he like Googled right. it and couldn't feel it. He was like, what the hell? Right. And she said that it was kind of like a, um, almost like nowadays, like the, um, shit, what are they called? Like the, uh, it's like a full body thing. Like it's like pants and like comes all the way up like a jumper almost, but okay. like with sleeves. Yeah. Um, but she said that the pants were like flowy enough that like it's a slack dress because like the pants were flowy enough that it would almost look like you were wearing a dress. Oh, I see. Okay. Type of thing. Yeah. Um, so, is it possible that, like, this middle-aged dude just didn't know what a slack dress was and assumed that that meant slacks? Like, if we're assuming that somebody just read the report right. and was just like, I don't know, Interesting. and then wrote the letter based on that? Or it's equally possible that if the real killer wrote that, like, he did this all super quickly, right. maybe didn't get a good look at what the hell she was wearing right. and he's was like just like, sure. He's, super impulsive. He's all out, yeah. out there. Like, like, he's not memorizing their outfits. No, he, can um, bar- he can barely... And murder people, let alone exactly. like, pay attention to what they're wearing. Yeah, he's not remembering all that stuff. So that was yeah. like one of the things. Um, another letter was interesting. He claimed, among other things, that he didn't leave Blue Rock Springs Park, quote, with squealing tires and racing engine, but instead, quote, drove away quite slowly. Um, but the surviving victim and another witness said that he did like tear ass out of there. Hmm. Um, there was some other person that drove out slowly. They got stopped by police and then released. So, like, the theory was partly, like, was he trying to pin it on that other dude? Saying, like, no, I drove out really slowly. Right. But he left before that happened, like, before right, the so police got there, so he wouldn't have known that. Um, or he's trying to, like, save face. Like, I wasn't panicking and squealing. Like, I drove yeah. out of there nice and calm. Exactly. Um, and then the phone call reporting that murder was made a full 30 minutes after it had already been reported to police, which at that time could have been picked up on the police radio frequency. You didn't need a scanner. So he could have just heard that on the radio frequency and been like, oh, I'm going to call that in. Interesting. Um, and it was incorrect in its directions. His call said to go one mile east from the police station when it was actually two miles north. Hmm. But it was one mile east from the fire station, which is where he could have heard the police dispatch saying go a mile east from the fire station because that's where they would have sent the ambulance from. Interesting. Right? 
Like that seems like, I mean, it's not a huge difference, but like, right. why hmm. say go a mile east if you're not even correct? Interesting. Um, of course, the Lake Berryessa murder like was a random, yeah. random ass thing. Um, it said that it was thought of as a lover's lane, but it was also a hotspot for drug deals. The man in that, the boy, man, whatever, in that killing was wearing three pairs of pants and three sweaters on the 4th of July. Not something that you normally wear. No. Um, so was it possible that he was planning to break into homes and shed some clothes along the way? So maybe this was like something the police knew about or whatever, and they would just, it's easy to pin it on a serial killer. Right. Um, like the hood had his symbol, but I guess that had already been in the paper. So it wasn't the first time I guess we had seen that symbol. Right. Um, and the writing on the car didn't quite match, but... As we said, handwriting analysis is yeah. not a perfect science. Exactly. Like one of the things they pointed out was like his J in his letters was like had this just particular squiggle to it. Yeah. And the J on the car didn't, but it's like you're writing under totally different circumstances. Exactly. Like you're writing quickly on a car, like hunched over. So maybe it's gonna look a little different. Um, but he also didn't really take credit ever for that Lake Berryass murder in any of his letters or his phone calls. He didn't call or I thought it said that he did call that one in. Yeah. He but he never call. mentioned it in any letters. He never like Whatever, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- that explains a lot of things, but there's a lot of holes as well. Like, it, mm. it, would, it explains the sort of, like, randomness of all of the murders because it was so many different people. Yeah. Um, it kind of explains, like, it's a weird, I don't know, like, his actions as a serial killer never seem like he's put together enough to, like, write these correspondences and, like. No. Like, sit down and, like. You know, doing ciphers is, like, very, like, detail-oriented, so... Yeah. It, it, none of his murders seem detail-oriented. No. But, interesting. It, the whole case is... Fucking wild. Ooh, like a mindfuck to me. Before we get off this topic, so, Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. So, I want to talk about that. So, what I know about Ted Kaczynski is that he went to Harvard when he was very young. Mm. Um, he definitely had, like, a manifesto, and he had, yeah. like, a very strong political and social point of view Mm. um and every all of his murders or his you know bombing campaign was very politically driven whereas the zodiac super sporadic he doesn't really seem to have a uh like uh, what's the word i'm looking for like belief system yeah belief system he didn't Mm. there wasn't any like values he wasn't espousing any kind of like political anything and he didn't even have a very strong point of view or even a strong sense of who he was as a serial killer no not at all so people have said that it was it could have been ted kaczynski probably because of the whole bombing aspect of it maybe he like figured out like oh murder is not for me i'm just gonna mail fucking bombs yeah and i could kind of see that but i just don't think like if you look at who the two are as people i don't think that ted kaczynski plus ted kaczynski going to harvard and writing his manifesto there's n- it's not rife with misspellings right. in the way that, like, the Zodiac's communications were. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe the cryptogram whole angle kind of checks yeah. out because, like, he was definitely mathematically minded and was capable, like, Ted Kaczynski was capable of cryptology, mm. crypt- cryptography. Cryptography? I'm not sure. That's maps. I don't yeah. know. Anyways. <laughs> Cryptozoology. We're dumb. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're struggling in this episode. So dumb. But, um, yeah, so I, d- I don't think it was Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. No, it's a week. If you had to put your money on who you thought the Zodiac was, who would it be? Do you think we've, do we think, do you think we've talked about who it could be or do you think it's still, would be out of left field? I don't know. They tested the DNA of Arthur Lee Allen versus, well, 
I guess they had tested the DNA of the stamps yes. on a couple of letters, but then they found out that it was actually like DNA from the front of the stamp, not right. the back. Which could have been touched by anybody. Could have been touched by anybody. Um, and they did also say that his handwriting, like one of the handwriting experts said that he had like gotten like boxes worth of Arthur Lee Allen's handwriting and that it like wasn't right. at all. Which again, like the handwriting analysis, I know that's not airtight. Right. But you have to think if somebody's like, dude, not even close. Right. That it's not even close. So, I don't know. He seems like a convenient person. I There's kind of part of me that just thinks that we just don't know right. who this guy is. It could be someone just out of left field. Which is crazy. And which makes me wonder, like, it'd be wild to me if he did all this and then, like, communication dropped off just because he, like, disappeared. Stopped doing it. Yeah, yeah just stopped. Or, obviously, there's a chance that for, in whatever way, like, he died. Right. Shortly after, and maybe that's what stopped him. Or maybe he went to jail and, for an unrelated crime. Yeah, he could be. There could be anything. So I, I'd be really curious to see if anything, sir, if that DNA testing of the stamps mm-hmm. comes up with anything. Which I, I did read that it's potentially unlikely, just because the quality of yeah. those materials has probably eroded quite a bit since right. the late '60s, early '70s. It would be a so. partial DNA match that they could use to exclude suspects, not mm-hmm. definitively find anybody. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know. And I think, again, I really think that he's a lot more prolific in his, this, like, vision that we've built up of him yeah. than he really was. Because I think, yeah, he oh, was, yeah. like, messy. He was all over the place. Yeah. Overall, I think he was. he's way more of a serial killer that is more interesting and more prolific on paper than he yeah. ever was in real life. Exactly. He, he only really killed for like a year. Yeah. He was he wasn't even great at communicating with the police. Like no. the fact that his ciphers haven't been solved could I guess be a check in like the the plus column of him like being good at it. Mm. But I think he made the ciphers too hard. Yeah. And like maybe he could have had one cipher that they didn't crack, but I get the impression that the the public wasn't keeping up with him the same way that he wanted to. Like mm. the fact that he had to send that clue about like radians on that yeah. map just shows like, hey. that he was frustrated that like, nobody was able to solve the ciphers. Yeah. So he wasn't even great at communicating because he didn't communicate everything he wanted to. No. He just seemed like he had these grand ideas and was like just enough of a go-getter to like go actually murder people and mail yeah. these letters, but like not good enough to be good. At no, it. he wasn't great. No. So I'm a little disappointed as a whole, but um, I would still would be interested yeah. if they catch somebody. Oh yeah, because it would be pretty epic. It would be wild. Like I mean, I mentioned it before, but like they just caught the Golden State Killer. Yep. Using DNA from um, one of the crime scenes, sent it through a database like Ancestry.com, and yeah. found his family, and then profiled the people in the family, and they found so wild. his name's like Richard D'Angelo or something. Just this, he looks like a serial killer. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But he was like a cop. Yeah. At the time, super out of left field. There's actually a photograph of him, like, in the newspaper Yikes. at the time. So, like, it's just crazy. Like, I'm sure, sh- like, going back, I'd be interested to research the Golden State Killer and what mm. we thought we knew about him versus what we now know about him. Because oh, yeah. I bet it's all super, like, different. Yeah. Nobody saw him being a cop. Nobody ever expected that. No. So, what if the Zodiac it's was, crazy. like, you're saying, like, what if he was, like, a firefighter? Right. He could have been in the, I mean, he could have been a reporter. He could have been a police officer. He right. could have, like, just worked at the station and had access to these reports and these letters and stuff. So, right. yeah, there's really no telling. Interesting. There's, yeah, there's really nothing. The only really thing that kind of, even the fact that he had the scraps of the shirt yeah. from the cab driver. Yeah, that, of that course. That was the only hard evidence. That was the only that hard evidence, ever, yeah. So he, whoever this was could have just killed that one guy. He, yeah, he could have killed that one guy. Or, again, if he worked... 
in the system somehow. Mm-hmm. Like anybody who had access to that crime scene could have gotten yes. scraps of that shirt. Right. Um, so there's, that's not even a guarantee of anything. Right. And again, the fact that he sent like multiple scraps to be like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, like that's right. like all he had to give was just like. From that same shirt. I killed this guy. So, I mean, yeah, who knows? And it could have even like, could have been somebody faking the letters and the phone calls and then mm-hmm. deciding to like do a murder for real. Right. To be like, yeah, no, I'm really doing this. Which is why it's so different. Totally yeah. from everything else. Exactly. Like, which is so weird. Like, why not? You right. you knew what the other murders were. Like, why not find a couple? Right. Kill somebody in a car. But who knows? Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd rather think that he's out there somewhere. Yeah. Or he's dead. Yeah. I would like to think that he's dead. He could very easily be dead regardless because, right. again, he would be at least in his 80s. Yeah. So there's a good chance that he died somewhere along the way. Or he's in a nursing home somewhere. Yeah, he's in a nursing, nursing home, home somewhere. Near you. Which is fucking crazy. And he's yep. like, dude, there was a movie about me with Jake Gyllenhaal in it. And yeah, people I'll, are talking on podcasts about me. I'm going to look into seeing Zodiac again. Because yeah. I want to see how it matches up. I do too. So. Interesting. Yeah. that's This was a good episode. It was a good episode. This was the Zodiac Killer. Definitely a long one. This was our maybe our longest episode. Yeah. No, I think Mothman was probably yeah. as long or longer. Well, I mean, like, Zodiac, man, like. It's just a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit. A lot of letters. More letters than kills. Yes. So, yeah, that's our summary of the Zodiac. Not super impressed. No. Still a cool one. Glad I know what I know. Yeah, me too. Happy to learn it. Definitely not my favorite serial killer. No, he's low on the list. Yeah. So, we will do more interesting serial killers, I promise. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Zodiac. This was episode... 20? I think it's 20. I think it's 20. We should really figure that out before. Really I should like out. put that at the top of the notes. Yep. We're gonna Nate like laughed at us last time. He was like, both of you like 18, 19. I was like, mm-hmm. I was the one who was right. He was like, still makes you sound dumb. <laughs> Great. Hey, whatever. So yeah, episode twenty. Zodiac, Zodiac killer. killer. This has been unknowable. Unknowable. Love you. <laughs>